This is Conversation with the Cooks, presented by Husker Sports, a monthly podcast with Nebraska volleyball coach John Cook and former All-American Lauren Cook. On this edition of Conversation with the Cooks, you get in a pattern. And so our strength program has to fix that. That's why I said Ruska's involved with that. And then you have to, throughout the rest of the day, you got to try to maintain that. And that's where he helps, whether it's glasses, a mouthpiece. We got some players wearing mouthpieces right now. But Kenzie Knuckles wears a mouthpiece, which is great because she can't talk the whole time. So she actually shuts up for <laughs> while we're working out. The rest of the time, she never shuts up. Now, here's your host, Lauren Cook. Welcome in to another episode of Conversation with the Cooks. We're in the month of February, which is also known as my birthday month. So this is a special episode. I'm Lauren Cook-West, and right across from me is John Cook, Coach Cook, Dad, whatever you want to call him. And since we just celebrated my birthday, and we're technically still celebrating my birthday, I want you to share your favorite birthday tradition, favorite birthday memory growing up, something that you did or something that you always do. For my birthday? Yes. Uh, or just birthdays in general, our fa- for fa- our family birthdays. Uh, I'm just happy I wake up that morning and, you know, get through the day. <laughs> oh but actually, what I look f- most forward to, Lauren, since you're asking on birthday, is is grilling a nice dinner, having your mom make a, a nice digger, dinner, usually hamburgers or barbecue burgers with sides and grill it. And so that's what I enjoy most. Your go-to meal is hamburger with potato salad, coleslaw, all homemade by mom. And yeah. then you used to be on a pineapple upside down kick, but or pineapple upside down cake kick. But I haven't, you, we haven't had that for your birthday in a while. Yeah, I know. I think, I think we did last year. I think mom makes it. So. Oh, she did. But I'm, I'm easy, Lauren. I'm not, I don't need a whole week to celebrate my birthday. Am I high maintenance? <laughs> I, I, I'm not going to comment <laughs> on that. Well, one of our birthday traditions is we tell mom what we want and she makes it for everyone. And my favorite birthday memory is the red plate that says you're special today. Oh, yeah. And that's you, cool. you get to eat off of that plate, which yeah. I feel like I should be eating off that plate every day. <laughs> okay. So last time we left off talking about strength training and you promised listeners that we would discuss the differences between football strength training, volleyball strength training, and then for specifically volleyball strength training, training throughout the different seasons. So in the fall, what it looks like in the summer, winter, spring. So take us through all of that. Well, first of all, we did a study, Lauren, that if you wear a Carhartt beanie, you actually lift more, probably 10% more lift on squats and cleans with a Carhartt beanie on. Because I notice a lot of our players now wear Carhartt. I notice you're wearing Carhartt. And, uh, well, it's snowing you know, outside. It, it cracks me up because I wear Carhartt and everybody thinks I'm a construction guy. But now everybody's wearing Carhartt, all of our players, and it's like the cool thing. It's the in thing. It's a hipster thing. Yeah. It just, you know, it, it, you know I used to wear Adidas Superstars when I was in school in Converse when I was in junior high. And, and all of our players wear those now and they think it's so cool. I'm thinking, I wore that in junior high and high school. So I must have been pretty cool. So anyway... After we, now that we got through the increase in strength performance by wearing Carhartt, we're talking about our strength program. So right now, I look at our strength program starts in January. We'll go through the whole year. So we're in what we call boot camp right now. It's four days a week. Two days are a power day and two days are an explosive day. So heavier weights on two days of the week, uh, which is uh, Tuesdays and Fridays and Mondays and Thursdays are explosive days. And then we train beach two days a week and then on Saturday. So they're getting worked right now 
pretty good. It's a pretty heavy workload. We're not worried about trying to be fresh for beach. In fact, we lift on days we play beach, except when we go to, on, to Hawaii. And so we're trying to build muscle right now and build power and build strength. So we have two times of the year we can do that. This is an eight-week block right now, starting in mid-January to spring break, which is mid-February. And then the other time would be in the summer. So when we come back from Hawaii, we go into our indoor season, and it hasn't been announced yet where we're going to play. People are asking, but it's getting close. But you know. I know. It's getting and close. And I know. Yeah. We just Can we reveal it on this not podcast? Yet, not yet, because I think there's going to be a big unveil. Or what do you guys, is that what you guys call it, an unveil? Yeah, or a, something like that. Yeah. But it's going to be a big unveil on social media. Since do you have, can you tell us the date? It's April 25th, the week after spring football. So let's get that straight. It's always the week after spring football. So spring football is April 18th, and we're on the 25th. And it's going to be played somewhere in Nebraska. Somewhere in the state of Nebraska. And you can't say who it's against. No. Even though we know. No. Not not until everything's signed. (laughs) Okay. So anyway, when we come back in the month of April and train for our indoor, we lift two days a week. We call that maintenance program. So they go Mondays and Thursdays or Mondays and Wednesdays in the morning on their own time. And they go through about a 40-minute maintenance program. And we're focused on trying to keep their them balanced and keep their glutes and hamstrings strong and their core strong because those are the things when you don't train that tend to start disappearing on our players or becoming weak and then they get into patterns and then they start getting overuse injuries because they're out of you know they're not balanced as an athlete so that's the main focus there then the month of may after finals they go home and we give them a program it's about a three-week program where it's it's a lot of i would say running sprinting, running, doing stadium. So it's, it's more of that type of program to keep up their cardio, keep them shape, doing something different. Because we don't want them really going to lift because if they put on weight and lift and we're not spotting them or not there, they could potentially do it wrong and injure. And then when they come back, the next eight-week block is the summer. So they come back early June and they go to early August. And that's the other time where we're really trying to build their bodies up. And that is probably where we make the most gains. And that's what's unusual about the summer is we go in the mornings because it's hot in the summer and they like to get it out of the way. And of course, they're working camps and going to summer school. So we go early and it gets so light. uh, The sun comes up so early here. Everybody's up anyway. In the winter, we try to go in the afternoons because we want them to sleep in and have as much rest as they can and get as much sleep as they can. And the summers, as you know, you've been through it. It's, It's tough. And we're doing the same thing, two days of power and two days of explosive training. But we're adding, because we're not playing beach, we're adding a lot more agility, volleyball-specific movements, running Memorial Stadium, which I don't know if you remember that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Were you ever at the top over the, um, south, throwing they, up and over the side? I never threw up. Yeah. But you had to go to the top of the, is it south, the south end? South Stadium, yeah. Yeah. And you ha- they always do it at the end. Yeah. Well, Laura was my strength coach, and then Lauren Harris, and now it's Brian Kamita, but they always made us do it at the end. Yeah. So you're already gassed. You've, yeah. you've lifted, you've done your running or jump roping, agility work, and then you have to finish with a couple of those, and whew, yeah. your legs are feeling it. Yeah, we got to train through the target, baby. That's what we got to do. <laughs> your legs are shaking. Yeah. I call it shaky leg syndrome, but I mean, you, you almost can't even control them because they're shaking so bad. Here's my question. Since you're a football guy, if we put football players through a volleyball workout, 
and then vice versa, put volleyball players through a football workout. How, how do you think everyone would do? I think, I think it would be, um, it's very similar. Um, I think the football players, though, would, uh, they're more, we're, we're, they're both, so an average football play, play is probably about four to seven seconds. Volleyball average play is about six to eight seconds. So we want to train explosive short bursts. The difference in volleyball is you could have a rally that goes for a minute. So you have to train that system as well. And that's where we do gassers and stadiums. I never see football going that long. Everything they do is more shorter. And, of course, they put on a lot more weight. They're trying to bulk up. We don't want to bulk up. We want to get stronger and still stay lean and be quick. So I think we train more like track athletes. And that's one of the reasons, and I think this is a pretty interesting concept, but, you know, Laura, Laura your strength coach, was a great track athlete. and. Brian actually trained several national champions in track, and they won. Uh, I think they won a national championship in track. They won conference championships. So when we had a chance to go after Brian, I wanted. I loved the way he trained the track athletes, and so we wanted to incorporate that more in how we train the volleyball athletes. Because what do track athletes do? They run and they jump. We run, jump, and hit. <laughs> we also have to get down the ground and shuffle, uh, and so on. But I think football players. For most of the positions, I think the defensive backs and wide receivers and quarterbacks probably train more like we do. But the linemen, linebackers, those guys, they're, they're just doing massive amounts of weights. What's interesting, and I think this plays a pretty big part in your team's success, but you've had the most success when Laura was a strength coach and now when Brian is the strength coach. And again, you know, maybe it's because they have that track background but I, they're just knowledgeable people. They know how to train athletes. They know how to get the most out of their athletes. And it shows on the court. I mean, I, I can't, I, there's so many people that come up and say that the Nebraska volleyball team, they look like they're in shape. They're some of the leanest players They You can see their muscle. I mean, they just compared to other teams. I mean, you still see athletes and athletic looking girls on other teams, but Nebraska, we just look like we breed different players here. Yeah, I, I think it's because it's, it's how hard we work and it's a year-round training program and, and we do a good job uh, with it. Uh, you got to remember Ron Rusk is a part of this too. He's, he advises on the types of lifts to do and, and how to do them correctly and do them better and really make sure we're getting all the muscle groups. One of the things with football players, when they do heavy weights, they could be sk- missing some smaller muscle groups. They're using the big muscle groups, which is great. But volleyball is such a it's a touch game. You have to have feel. You have to be able to relax. You have to be pliable, and, but you still have to be strong and explosive. And so for us, we don't want to get bulky. We have to get stronger, but also stay flexible and, and like I say, pliable. Because you, you, know, you got to be able to jump, block, hit, and then you got to be able to go to the floor. And so you know, what other sport really asks you to do that? Where the football players are just, you know, like I said, they're trying to get, put as much bulk on as they can. And and put as much muscle on as we can. So, but Lauren, you know, before Laura, I used to do all the boot camps and coach and recruit. I mean, we, we didn't have a strength coach. They would give us some GA in football who had no clue. So I just did everything myself. So when Laura actually played for me and Lindsay and those guys, I mean, I ran all the boot camp sessions and we used to go like 5.30 in the morning and we used to go with football. And we started in the, in the old Schulte field house. Football guys would be going right there. We'd be going right next to them. Cause that, and we had a ramp in there that was really cool. And, and the new uh, strength complex they're going to build 
this new performance center, um, they're going to have a ramp in there. Ramps are great. Now, again, in the summer, we can use the stadium ramps, which is great. But in the winter, you can't. So it's good to have those in the uh, ramp there inside there in the winter. I remember the first time I went to see Ruska, I was having, uh, I think it was knee pain or I also had some bicep tendonitis. I can't remember which one, but I call it black magic because he's really a magician. I mean, it, I remember going in there and again, I can't remember if it was my shoulder or my knee, but it was my like right glute med wasn't firing up and the way I was sleeping and grinding my teeth at night. And then one of my eyes was, was shifted the wrong way. And I mean, it was other parts of my body were affecting the area that was injured. Mm-hmm. And once I fix those things by, you know, changing my shoes or wearing a mouth guard at night or wearing some glasses when I, you know, would, would do homework or when I would work out, different things like that, the pain went away. Yeah. So you, you, typically we see this with all the setters because they go so much off their right foot and they go so much the same direction all the time, spinning to the right, setting the ball, you get in a pattern. And so our strength program has to fix that. That's why I said Ruska's involved with that. And then you have to, throughout the rest of the day, you got to try to maintain that. And that's where he helps, whether it's glasses, a mouthpiece. we got some players wearing mouthpieces right now. Like Kenzie Knuckles wears a mouthpiece, which is great because she can't talk the whole time. So she actually shuts up for <laughs> while we're working out. The rest of the time, she never shuts up. Um, but we have some players that, you know, they have certain shoes that they wear, orthotics, and different things we do uh, that he does with them. And they have certain exercises that they do. And then we have ones we do for the whole team. and then. Some players have certain exercises they do just for them to make sure they don't go back into their pattern. Wouldn't you agree, though, when you're listening to him tell you what's wrong, you're thinking, how the heck does any of this make sense? And how the heck is any? I mean, you've, you've heard it so many times now, you understand. But that first time, it's like, what are you talking about? How is all this related? Yeah. And my eye is causing my, you know, my knee pain or my jaw is causing my shoulder pain. It, so it just... It's mind-blowing is what it is. Yeah, I don't think we want to go down the road too far on this podcast on this, but part of the problem is the way we live and looking at computers and being on phones all the time, our posture, our eyes, it's becoming a real problem. And volleyball is a visual sport, you know. And Lauren, I was, we were recruiting. I was recruiting with Kelly Hunter. Okay, so you know Kelly, great player, two-time national champion. And we're looking at the menu in this restaurant and, and I, I don't wear glasses. I have pretty good eyes, especially distance. And uh, there's no way I could read these numbers up there. And she goes like, oh, it says this, this, and this. I go, what? I go, you can read that? She goes, oh, yeah. I'm like, there, there's no way you're reading that. And anyway, but my point is there's a great athlete with great vision who is a great setter. And I think vision is really important, but our lifestyle really messes it up. And we're finding this more and more. So we just bought our players these blue light glasses because we know blue light, uh, those glasses will help block the light from your computer or your phone, which they're on all the time. So it helps their brain quiet down. It helps their eyes stay. And a lot of our players now, I, used, I remember in the old days, nobody ever wore glasses. Now everybody wears glasses. It's very rare to see somebody. And of course, Kelly doesn't wear glasses, but she does wear blue light glasses, uh, I notice, in the office. It's your Husker Healthy tip. Last podcast, your last episode, you were giving us a green smoothie recipe. Now you're telling everyone to buy blue light glasses. Yeah. So Kelly is still not on the green smoothie. She likes your <laughs> biscuits and gravy and what, no, mac, macaroni and cheese. Hold on. I called you. I think I talked to you this weekend while you guys were recruiting. And 
I said, how's it going? And you said, good. And then you said, but Kelly's sitting over next to me. She just bought a chocolate fruit stick from the concession stand. Yeah, in the convention center. <laughs> I go, Kelly, wh- why are you eating that? I mean, that's like, and she goes, oh, I'm so hungry and it looks so good. <laughs> that's that's why Kelly enjoys recruiting is because she gets to eat. Yeah, they have a coach's room with snacks. So I texted Kelly, hey, will you grab me a snack? She brings the first two snacks. You go, Kelly, I don't, I can't eat this stuff. What did she then bring she, you? Then she comes back with two more, and I, I, and like Kelly, thanks. This is really good, and I end up throwing them away. <laughs> it was like old peanuts, pretzels, old pretzels. I don't know, some type of cracker things, and uh, uh, so I don't remember what the other one was, but it's like I, I couldn't even eat that stuff. Well, poor Kelly. We we need to just get her on the podcast because we talk you about should, her all the time. You should get her on the podcast. I know. It'd be funny. Okay. So the other question I get uh, this time of year is what the heck is Coach Cook doing? Because you're not really running the beach team. It's Jalen and Kelly are doing that. And you're obviously not in seasons. There's no indoor season to worry about. You're not running the workouts anymore. So I tell them speaking engagements. So enlighten us on where you go for these speaking engagements, what you talk about, what your goal is when you speak to companies or businesses or whoever you're going going and speaking for. Well, I do a lot more than just speak. I know. I'm just giving you a hard time. Do we want to go through the whole list? No, but please tell us about your speaking engagements. Because we're trying to we're trying to figure out how to win a national championship in Omaha. That's really what I do every day. We we talked last podcast about how hard you work, so everyone knows you work okay. hard. Yeah. Okay. But this time of year, it's people are wondering what you're doing. Lauren, we're in yoga the other day, and you guys are moving on to the next phase of whatever we're doing, and I I, I didn't move because I'm thinking about how we're going to try to <laughs> beat Wisconsin and and what recruits we need. And You're not and supposed to be thinking thing, about that. I know. Next thing I look up, you guys are doing something completely different. And our teacher looks at me like, okay, John, are you there? Are you, <laughs> you, are you listening? So anyway, uh, speaking, yeah. So I get asked for a lot of speaking engagements. I do probably two to three a week, starting in January through up until we, we leave for Hawaii. And then I'll do some in May as well. And what I enjoy about it is I speak to all kinds of different groups. Probably my favorite groups to speak to are entire school districts that are bringing everybody that works in the school district. So, for example, I went to Blue Hill, Nebraska. I didn't even know where it was, never heard of it. They had about 240 people that work in that school district there. And there's all kinds of towns that feed into that. But it's everybody who works in the office, to the teachers, to the administrators, to the people who work in the cafeteria, to the counselors, special ed. Everybody's in there. And they, they have to come in for a day, you know, half day to do a workshop. So I'm part of the workshop, and I have a PowerPoint presentation that I bring and just talk about team building, leadership, uh, motivation, inspiration, all those types of things, and talk about Nebraska volleyball. So it's a great way for me to connect with everybody, try to inspire and share what, what we've done and what works for us and what we're trying to do, and people love it. But I speak to all kinds of different groups, insurance companies to school districts to i i did uh, i've done tire the tire convention guys that put on and take off truck tires <laughs> seed farmers farmers so it's it's pretty cool do you just stay in the state or do you do out of state no, i just stay in the state speaking engagement okay 
I know, I think this was a couple years back. I don't remember what town you were in, but you were speaking to a group and a guy came up to you and long story short, he ended up making you, I mean, he made them himself cowboy boots, right? Yeah. So I was Central City, Nebraska. Okay. So tell us the story. So when I was working on this, I had heard actually from Kelly Hunter's dad and from Dr. Duga, our team orthopedic, that there's this guy in Central, because they wear cowboy boots. So they're telling me like, they're always kidding me, like get cowboy boots. Well, they had told me about this guy that custom made them in Central City. So when I went to Central City to speak, I said, okay, here's the deal. I'm going to come up there and speak, but you guys got to, I want to get a pair of cowboy boots custom made by this guy. So anyway, I went up there, got fitted. It was an amazing process and went through. But I mean, just like, he, he's like a craft, I mean, uh, he's like a craftsman. Um, and the way they did it, you know, it's just, it's old school how they did it and measured it in paper and put my foot in water and put paper around it. And they just measured all this out. And he said, he said, okay. Uh, I said, this was like in the spring. And I, he, I said, okay, when, you know, how, you can ship them to me or I pick them up. He goes, well, I'll call you. I said, when, when do you think you might call? He says, oh, these won't be ready till October. So I'm like, I mean, it's going to take you six months. He goes, oh yeah, I, I spend like a hundred hours making a pair of these boots. And he goes, you're, I got two more ahead of you right now. So it was pretty, I felt like I was in the old world, you know, like 200 years ago, this, this craftsman. So anyway, I'm thinking, okay, there's no way in October I'm going to drive back to Central City in the middle of the season. So I said, okay, so here's the deal. When you're ready, call me, come down for a match. You can have my tickets, bring the boots. And sure enough, he came down for a match in October and, and had a great time, brought his wife and brought the boots and we tried them on, walked him around before the match, and, and uh, he watched the match, had a great time, and so it was, it was pretty cool. But he's, he's a legend up in that area. I'm, gonna, I'm thinking I'm going to do a home visit with one of our recruit, incoming recruits who lives in Houston. And I said, hey, do you want me to wear my cowboy boots? She goes, heck yeah. I go, you're going to wear yours? She goes, oh yeah. So I might wear them down there. Will you ever wear them for a match? Um, no. <laughs> was this your first time wearing cowboy boots or... Did you used to wear boots when you were a Wrangler? Uh, when I was a Wrangler, I wore boots, yeah. Listen, uh, I think that was like podcast or episode number one or two or I think like one or two we talked about all that. Yeah. So, so if you're listening I, I, to this episode, you can go back and listen yeah. to your Wrangler day. If I get invited to the Cattleman's Ball and all that stuff, something like that, I might wear them to that. Have you been invited to that? I've been there before, yeah. Who, who goes to that? Just I ranchers? I spoke at it before. The Cattleman's Ball is a huge deal. It's all the cattle ranchers in Nebraska, and they have this big ball, and they raise money, and it's, it's a huge event. A couple of years ago, they had it actually on Innovation Campus, and I went to that one, and I've been to another one, but it's pretty cool. So anyway, an event like that, or maybe we'll go to a country, country band. I think, uh, who's coming to town? Oh, Chris Stapleton. Chris Stapleton, yeah. I think your mom wants to go to that. He, I don't know if he's really country. People say oh. he is, but it's... I think it's more rock vibes. I don't like country music, but I like Chris he's, Stapleton. He's got some good country. All I, right. I listen to his station on Pandora, Chris, Chris Stapleton. He's got some good country. He's got all those guys have for the concerts, they crank it up, but they, got, they have some good country music. You might be the only human who's still listening to Pandora. It, you, we got you Spotify. You have Spotify. I don't know why. Why I don't went, you use it? I went it? back to Pandora. There's commercials. No, I pay for it. But here's the deal, Lauren. Here's the deal. Pandora 
plays the music That's without right. the bad words. Spotify doesn't. I think you can get edited versions of songs no, on Spotify. That's why I got rid of it because we're playing, you know, the girls would choose some of the stations and I'm like, okay, we're going to, we can't listen to this. Okay, so besides speaking, doing yoga, you're also pretty heavily recruiting right now. And you just got back from Kansas City. So I wanna talk, and actually a lot of people are interested in the recruiting process. So I wanna talk about that a little more. And there's some new rules about how early you can start recruiting girls, about how they're, when they can take their visits, official, unofficial. And then tell us about how, when you go to these tournaments, and I know sometimes you're watching players who have already committed, but you're also sometimes watching players who you're deciding if you're going to offer or not. So what are you looking for? How do you decide if you're going to offer a, a player or not? Take us through all of that. Well, it's completely changed because they passed a new rule last year. You cannot talk to any player until they are June 15th at the end of their sophomore year. You can't call them. You can't talk to them. You can't talk to the club coach about them. They're off limits. Now, up until a year ago, they could call it every day if they wanted. So it's completely changed now. So what we're doing, we're trying to figure out how to do this, but we're, we're looking at eighth graders, ninth graders, because we still can invite them to camp. So we want to get those players to camp. And then we're trying to figure out in the class of 2022 right now, how many scholarships we have, what needs do we have, and identify. We, we have kids identify. We got to watch them and decide who, we, you know, who we're going to take. And then once June 15th hits, we're talking to them. And we can offer them at that point. And the other new thing is, the rule that came in is, they now can take official visits their junior year. So the, the old system was, everybody commits their eighth grade, ninth grade, 10th grade year, and then they come on official visit their senior year. But it means nothing. They're already committed, so they're just coming to hang out and get them free meal. Now we're actually, as juniors, they get, they're gonna, a lot of them now are going to go through the recruiting process, take five visits, which they're allowed, which to me is great because that's going to open up the doors for more players for us. And we know if we can get them on campus here and I can get those moms here, we got a great chance to recruit them. So I'm excited about that. And I think it's going to help all the transfer issues because now players are going to be able to do their homework, go on visits, really figure out what they want and what the right fit for them is, as opposed to trying to do it as a 10th grader or 9th grader on an unofficial visit, which means you can kind of come in, you can't leave campus, you really can't do anything. So uh, on official visits, you know, we can pay for everything. We, we can go off campus. We can go out to dinner. It's much more of like a job interview for both people as opposed to unofficial, which you just kind of come here, go to a match, can't do anything. You know, they can't go out with the players, anything like that. Okay, so go back to when you're deciding if you're going to offer a recruit. What do you look for? And how do you, if you have two players that are pretty similar and, you know, two, maybe let's say two setters, for example, and, and they're both pretty good, what are some deciding factors that helps you figure out if you're going to take one player over another? Well, we put their pictures up on the wall and throw darts, and wherever the dart goes, that's who we choose. <laughs> oh, my gosh. 
Can you give me a serious answer? <laughs> Seriously, that's, that's no, how we do it. No, it's not. Okay. Uh, you can't share this take information. <laughs> it's top uh, secret. So it's very, very difficult. But what we look at is who's the best fit in our program? Do they fit our need? Are they good students? Are they, do they have good families? Are they going to work hard? So you just try to factor in all those things. Do, do, we, do I feel like I connect with them? Do they connect with our team? And then it's almost some, like a job interview. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, they have so much talent. You just, you're recruiting talent. Sometimes you're recruiting a great teammate or who will be a great player, a chemistry, great a athlete. Cu- culture, or a great athlete. So it just depends on so many things. And then it's kind of a crapshoot because you got to decide, okay, if I offer player A, I might lose pay- player B. but I, And player A. You could lose both. End up with losing both. Or you could say, okay, player A, we're, we got a 20% chance on her. Player B, I think, wants to come here. So you might take you know, the one that you think you have a better shot at getting. So it, it, it's a total poker game. How many weekends do you travel? They limited our recruiting now, but pretty much uh, we are somebody on our staff is somewhere every weekend right now from starting this Valentine's Day weekend all the way until the end of April. Then we're in a quiet period for the month of May and then starting Memorial Day, we're somewhere that weekend. And then pretty much the month of June is, is the AAUs and the Junior Olympics. Those tournaments run for two weeks at a time because you've got, you know, there's over... 20,000 kids that go to AAUs, but it's spread over two weeks because they have 12s, 13s, 14s, 15s, 16s, all the way up to eight, well, 17s now. The 18s are actually now in late April and early May because a lot of those kids want to go to college, so they want to get, get it over with. But you're still on the road. So sometimes like I may go to Orlando where the AAUs are. I may fly down there for three days, and then I don't have to go back for four days later to the next age group that we're watching. How do you decide which coach goes to which tournament? I think Huskers posted, you know, yeah. where you all were at this past week. And I think Jalen was in Chicago and Kelly was in St. Louis and you were in Kansas City and then Kelly came to Kansas City. So how do you decide who goes where? We all talk about where the best fits would be. And Kelly right now, we're just trying to get her exposed uh, to kind of how it works. And then we had her go see older players. Jalen's watching more younger players. I'm kind of watching the players we've been recruiting for a couple of years or are verbally committed to Nebraska. So that's kind of how we divided it up and depending on where the majority of them were. Uh, so I'm kind of making the more final decisions and narrowing it down. Jalen's kind of getting our pool. Kelly right now is just trying to learn the ropes. And how do you, the last question I have about recruiting is how are you finding these players? Is it word of mouth? Is it, are they reaching out to you? I mean, when they're younger, are you just going to club tournaments and going court to court and trying to pick out players? How do, you, how do you narrow that pool down? A lot of it is going court to court and start watching them as eighth graders and just talking to club coaches and you know, who's good out there and then tracking them. So we get it. We, and it's all on our phone on, a, on an app. So we can track them and, and know where they're playing and when they're playing. But eventually, you know, there's only a, probably 1% of all the club kids we're, we're, we're recruiting. So if you think about the numbers, not very big, and everybody's recruiting them. So if you're if you're at this level, you stand out. It's pretty easy to stand out. How, so how many players would you say that is like a group of like ten? 
Well, we start off as eighth and ninth graders with a bigger pool, and then so how about how many players are, would you say are in that pool? Twenty, ten, fifteen, ballpark. I don't even know if we have twenty. Okay, so less than twenty. Yeah. So it's a, a small margin. Yeah, and then we pare that down. You just figure we're probably, let's say we're recruiting a setter or a middle. We're probably recruiting two or three kids for that spot, max. Okay, it's time for our cook confession and cook lesson. <laughs> I hate this. I, I know. Wish, can we take a poll and get rid of this? We will take a poll. That's a good idea. We'll put it on Twitter. We'll see if people enjoy it. I think you're the it. only one that likes this. No, people love it. I'll probably say a confession I've already said before. We so. do it at the end because that way we can get people to listen all the way through because they wait for the cook confession and cook lesson. So they that's how we get people to listen to the podcast. <laughs> we uh, draw them in with, with the confession and the lesson. So I'll start and give you some time to think about it, okay? Okay. All right. My cook confession is the first thing that or one of the first things you say to your players when they get on campus is do not date football players. And um, I think you know, but I definitely went on a couple dates with football players. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I think we went out to dinner with a couple of them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that's my confession. My lesson is the best views come after the hardest climb. So going with your Everest theme from last year, it's when you get to the top, the best views are up there. Best things happen. Okay, so my lesson is, I already mentioned, it, you got to train through the target. So meaning, so in the old days, we'd say you got to get mentally tough. And, you know, you're not mentally tough. Well, kids today don't understand what that means. So I've changed that. Now we're training through the target. So whatever our target is, we have to train harder and through that. So when we get there, it's easy. So that's our new lingo right now. And then- That um, should be a theme. Yeah. I like that. And then uh, the other thing we're doing is cool. I'll just talk about this. So we're right now doing journaling every week. We take time on Tuesday. Uh, Brett Haskell comes in and gives them two questions. They have to journal on the spot right there. And then um, we're gonna, when we go to Hawaii, we're going to do what's called a 360 peer review. So they're going to have to fill out kind of a, a mini eval on each other. And then it's all going to be shared in this 360. So you're journaling about yourself and your thoughts and so on, and then you're going to hear everybody else's kind of thoughts about each other. So that'll be interesting. So that's what we're doing right now. And cook confession. Those are those are great lessons. Those are some of your best. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, good, so I can skip job. the cook confession. No, thing. no, we need a good confession. Um, okay. So as you know, when you go recruiting, literally, because all the moms throw all their bags down the chairs, so we have to stand all day. So that's my pet peeve on recruiting. I think it should ban moms get one seat, okay? They can't throw their purses and all their crap and hold seats for nobody that ever shows up, and there's no seats for me to sit. So anyway, you got to have really good shoes to stand on that cement all day long. Otherwise, your back starts killing you. So I have some really good Adidas shoes that I got this year to wear in practice, and they're awesome. I, I love them. I don't know. They're, they were kind of custom made them for me. I don't know. They're not volleyball shoes. Is it like they're, an Ultra Boost? It's Ultra Boost technology, but okay. it's a. It's a. I think it's a, a all-purpose training shoe. Yeezys. No, it's this is you don't. I don't even know if you can buy these. Okay. So they made. They kind of made them for me, or okay. or took this whatever. And anyway, I love them. So I debated. I've never had them out of the Devaney. 
I've only worn them in the Devaney. They're only indoors. So I'm like, okay, I can either take, wear my Olakai's, but my back's going to be killing me by 11 in the morning, or I'm going to take my indoor shoes. So I decided to take them because I'm just like, okay, this is going to be three days on the road with travel in between. I got to give every shot. I, you know, I got to give my best shot to hang in there. And so I took my shoes, wore them. It was great. But when I got back yesterday, I washed them clean. <laughs> Because I want them clean for Devani, you know? It's the Japanese culture thing. So I cleaned them off because they've got to be pure, clean shoes to go down there in Devani. How'd so you I'm wash honoring them? Honoring Devani. Uh, yeah, well, I have a big sink in my office. And oh. I went in there and took a towel and scrubbed them clean. Okay. So you didn't put. I cleaned, I scrubbed, cleaned the bottom of them, not, okay. not the tops, the bottom soles of them. I thought you put them in the washer and dryer no, and no, let them I, go for a spin. I took a towel. There's my cook confession. How's that? That's great. Yeah. Another good one. You're, you're on top of things today, tonight. Yeah. All right. So do we have yoga tomorrow? Yes, we do. Okay. And you've been going to yoga twice a week? I made a commitment for the weeks that I'm not traveling twice a week yoga. Your New Year's resolution? That was my, yeah. Okay. Well, then I'll see you tomorrow at yoga. Yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, we should do a documentary on yoga because our teacher's tough. We should have Ingrid on the podcast. You should get her on there. That would she- be classic. Tell us one of the things she was talking about the other day. Can you remember? Within like the past couple of weeks, she always leaves you with these little bits of yeah of information, or I don't even know how to just wisdom words Gosh, of wisdom. Uh, I, I can't. I want to get it just right, but it was something about you know, no better, do better. Yeah, no better, do better. That was yeah. one that stuck with me all like the next few days. No better, do better. It just it was in my head like, okay, what does she mean by that? How can I use that with my team? But the other thing I like is that she gets you, when you get there, you know, you get in the present moment and, and work on breathing and all that stuff. So that's really good because it's, it's good to slow down. And so our players do yoga every Friday. They don't go with Ingrid because... With Sarah. They go with Sarah. Yeah, they go with Sarah. And they do a lot of mindfulness, breathing, relaxation because it's the end of the week. And, and Friday, Sarah told me all of them... She had to wake all of them up but one. <laughs> they were out. Oh, no. That's good, though. Yeah. What do they call it? Shavasana. Shavasana, the yeah. yeah. They all went out. And then she's trying to wake them up. I mean, she's telling them, okay, let's move up and get up. And they do the, you know, the little bowl thing. Yeah. And they're all out except for one. So They had a tough week. Yeah. That's good. But that, see, that's how important it is to relax. And, you know, they say it's like getting a two-hour nap or something. So Sarah Rasby at Lotus House of Yoga and then Ingrid. I don't know if... I don't think Ingrid does yoga class for anyone other than you and your staff. Mm, she can only handle us Tuesdays and Thursdays. That's <laughs> it. I think she needs the rest of the week to prepare. I don't blame her. So I'll see you at yoga and we'll see everyone else on next month's episode. Okay. And as always, thanks for listening. Conversation with the Cooks is presented by Husker Sports, featuring Nebraska volleyball coach John Cook and former All-American Lauren Cook. Project manager is Michael Zorb. Edited by Josh Hilkeman. Sound designed by Brett Whitty. Voiceover by Mike Elliott. Cover art provided by Sam Noonan. To find other Husker Sports podcasts, subscribe to the Husker Sports Network wherever you listen to podcasts. Or listen and find out more at huskers.com slash podcasts.